The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 6 Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti at Gelati LOL. With me tonight, John George at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? And Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. <clears throat> um, so, three-man crew tonight. We're going to open up with a somber note. Uh, unfortunately, Calvin is going to be stepping down from the podcast indefinitely. A lot of, like, personal reasons. He's just got a lot going on in his life right now, just between work and, and all sorts of other stuff. So he kind of got in touch with us today and mentioned that, like, you know, he didn't think it was fair to, you know, keep that expectation up. And he just needs to take take a step back and, you know, get things together for himself and everything. And yeah, he's just been crazy busy. His work schedule's been pulling him around, too. So um, he's going to be stepping down indefinitely. Hopefully everything works out fine, and you know he'll still be active on Twitter. He's he's the Lord Master active on Twitter, so you know you don't got to worry about that. So he'll still be hanging around. Hit him up at, at Ruler Arsama. So yeah, just a little homage to the original crew. You know we've yeah. changed a little bit over the years. Prime, uh, who's one of all of our favorite people in the whole world, is kind of doing his thing on the side with the game house and everything, and we're all super excited for him. And now Calvin has to take some time off, but. I think we've got a, a still a really strong podcast here. I just wanted to give a little shout out to the an homage to the originals that yeah. started this thing out when nobody ever watched us. So yeah, we're the o, <laughs> it's the o, the OGs, and you know, and like hopefully this sorts itself out sooner rather than later, and everything's all good. So yeah, um, that'll be an ongoing thing. So we'll we'll keep anybody updated with anything that's relevant in terms of you know changes in that or developments in that in that aspect. So. All right, so we got a lot on the slate tonight. Um, I just wanted to mention that first and foremost. But So we have a lot on the slate tonight. We have some really, really gigantic big news that I, I think we all kind of saw coming a little bit, but I, I want to take some time and talk about Uzi retiring. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the LEC and the LCS and the roster changes and the big pictures in terms of what we project and think about going into the summer split for both of those regions. And then... On Friday morning, we have the LPL starting up for the summer. So we're going to discuss the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday lines for the LPL. A lot to get to on the slate tonight, guys. So let's just get right into it. I don't want to waste any time because we got a lot to go on and get done tonight. So first, uh, this it was kind of a sad day, man. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. but So we kind of saw the writing on the wall with this, but Uzi announced his retirement. And... Um, I mean, this this kind of feels like Michael Jordan a little bit, or like just like one. It, it's it's anytime one of the all time greats in anything retires, it's it it hits you. And I think this is legitimately the first actual all time great, like top five player of all time. I think this is probably the first one. Maybe um maybe Arrow is the other one, but like 
or Mata last year. But this is the first, like, heavyweight. This is, like, Joe Montana or, or like, you know, Tom. I mean, we're going to compare him to Dan Marino, but, like, Uzi retiring. Did, did this guy – this kind of hit me, man. Like, I started going down memory lane a lot with this, and, like, we're going to go into his career in a little bit here. But, like, did this hit you guys as hard as it hit me? Yeah, this was uh, – I was I actually had a heavy heart this morning. I had a heavy heart thinking about Uzi not being in the game anymore. I mean – for me, Uzi and Faker were 1A, 1B for, like, greatest player of all time. Been around forever. Been on the same team. I love that both of them have been on the same team pretty much the whole time that they've been around. That way, you know, they could really build the brand of their team. I love that. And, yeah, it was my heart was a little bit heavy. I'm a little bit sad that Uzi, like, his injuries started taking over right during a time when I think we're going to see a really huge boom and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to start watching that never got to see Uzi play. I never got to see how feared he was and how much he warped game states. Like, Faker has always been great, but it was not the same as Uzi when it came to, like, every team game plan specifically against Uzi all the time because he was just so dominant in his lane that everybody just felt like there's no other thing we can do other than try to shut Uzi down. Even when they lost uh, to G2 at Worlds, Uzi's last Worlds performance, it was literally G2 just five-manning Uzi over and over again. There's clips of when his Thresh was putting down the Lantern and the G2 members were just spamming wards on top of the Lantern trying to stop him from being able to click it. It was just so much focus. I don't know if anybody's ever been as focused as Uzi was when he played. So And still produced, right? Like, Yeah, and still produced amazing numbers. We'll talk about him in a minute. Yeah, but. I mean, like, Josh, did this did this hit you? I mean, I don't know. Like, you've, you've been in the scene a little, probably a little less time than us, right? But I don't even know, like, because, like, when did you get in? Because, like, I don't think you even got to see, like, his true reign of terror. Like there yeah, was there uh, was a period early in his career where it's like holy shit this guy is so much better than everybody. Yeah, I will admit that I uh, especially for the Eastern leagues like just was not very into like LPL and LCK until probably like Worlds of last year. So like I just didn't really pay attention, um, partially just because like you know I like to sleep at night, so I didn't <laughs> play, uh, but also just because. It was still pretty new to me, um, and, like, being able to understand the game from the English casters was a lot easier. Um, and, like, the whole attention span thing we've talked about before, but just best of ones are easier to digest. So, but, yeah, so it, it's, it doesn't hit me quite as hard just because, to me, I, I didn't have as much exposure to him. But uh, in looking over, like, a lot of those statistics on, like, Leakpedia and what you compiled, like, it is pretty crazy how dominant he was. I'll always just kind of remember – what it seemed like to me it was like the the biggest moment was just like how emotional he was when he lost, but like stayed motivated throughout it. Um, Cause you see like, you know, I don't know, like it just seemed more genuine than even like, like double lift to, you know, gets upset that he can't get out of worlds, but like Uzi's like, there's the picture of him like watching the game on the screen and he's sitting at his computer crying. Like, I don't know. There's just like, seemed like he was really emotional and just wanted to be the best so bad. He he was like the first real fire, you know, firecracker. Basically, like he was the first real like heart on my sleeve emotions player that I think. I mean, he, maybe not the very first, but he was the first like big name guy. You know, because like as good as Faker is, Faker's personality is that he's just cold. He's a cold, calculated killer. You can just tell, right? Uzi is it's it's like just raw. It's it's so it's like visceral especially early in his career. And, like, I mean, John's talked about it multiple times too, but, like, 
how he developed control over his emotions over the course of his career and he was another one of these guys that like we always talk about with the with, like with the true greats is that like there's not very many people that continually stay good or keep getting better and better and better over a six, seven, eight year career. There's just not many. Like it's so, so difficult. And I mean, he, he, he really did. And I mean, he's had, he's had some, some really famous moments, some iconic moments and everything. And I, don't, I, I compiled a list of his stats. So we're going to have like a little Uzi love fest here. And I wanted to, um, just give people some perspective on his career uh, through statistics, uh, which is something we're big on this year. So before any of that, achievements for his career. Unfortunately, never won the world championship. A lot like Dan Marino in that aspect. It's like one of the best of all time that never actually won it. And I think he was arguably favored a couple times. Like there was a couple setups where people said RNG is the team that's going to win it this year. And unfortunately, they never ended up. I'm not necessarily sure all those takes were real. But there was a lot of sentiment that they should have won a few different times, especially yeah. in his early career. Uh, I mean, I got to see I got to see his first World Championship Finals appearance in person, and that was like you know one of the coolest moments of my life. And that was that was crazy. I was at the Staples Center for it, and uh, so he got back to back silvers at World at the World Championship, which is just like the most heartbreaking thing if you think about it. Um, season three and season four, he's uh, he had an additional uh, he had. He had top eight at Worlds in season six, top four in Worlds in season seven, top eight in season eight. He's got two LPL wins, three LPL finals appearance, extra LPL finals appearances, second place. So his career stats, this is from 2013 on. Um, this counts exhibitions and everything like that. 683 games, uh, a 60.3% win rate, over 3,500 kills. Just like let that number sink in because I mean we're gonna look how close that kill and assist number is. That's also absurd. So thirty five hundred fifty three kills, fifteen hundred twenty six deaths, thirty eight hundred twenty one assists for a career four point eight three KDA over six hundred over almost seven hundred games. Like let let that sink in. That's insane. Like look at like I mean just do like. John, can you do me a favor? Look up the who had the best KDA in the LPL last last season. <clears throat> Just do do me a favor and look that up because four point eight three for your career is absolutely ludicrous. Over over almost seven hundred games, it's just ridiculous. You got it. Yes, the top uh, from last season was seven point six. Yeah, and that's in one season. This guy played for eight years or whatever. Yeah, it's on good teams and mediocre teams, too. 9.75 CS per minute over that span. Uh, Which is higher. That was That is very close to being the best in the league this year, this split. Yeah. And that was a career number. That was a first career. <laughs> like, some of these numbers are just insane. And, like, what's crazy is in League of Legends, uh, unlike some traditional sports, like, yeah, the game has changed a lot, but – Rate statistics like this, for the most part, haven't changed as much as you'd think. So, like, in football, if you look at a quarterback that threw for 3,000 yards 30 years ago, that was a big deal, as opposed to, like, a 5,000-yard thrower now, right? It's like, yeah, maybe not the direct comparison, but, like, that, you get the idea. 
CS per minute, CS per minute, it hasn't changed that much over the years. To have almost 10 CS per minute for your career over 700 games is just insane. A little side fact here. Over, over 230,000 creeps killed. Those poor little guys. It's a lot of money. Uh, fifth, couple champion highlights. I took his, I took his five most played. Uh, 50 and 30 on Ezreal, 45 and 21 on Sivir, 44 and 26 on Lucian, 39 and 25 on Caitlyn, 31 and 14 on Kaisa last year, which was interesting, I thought, because this is a guy in, like, the seventh year of his career picking up a new champion and just absolutely murdering on it. Uh, she was a little over but still. Uh, then I have a bunch of other stats uh, since 2013, which is when we started, a lot of the uh, places started tracking the more advanced analytics, so... Uh, 5.1 KDA since 2013, so it got better. And that was, like, you got to remember before this, he was, like, clearly better than everyone, and it still got better, which is nuts. Uh, 10 CS per minute since 2013. Uh, 471 gold per minute. 71.2% kill participation. He was ahead in CS at 15 minutes in 77.5% of his games. CS differential for his career. CS differential at 15 for his career was plus 12.8. Two waves. Yeah, that's just absurd. Just absurd. Goal differential, 15 plus 417. XP differential uh, lines up with the CS differential for his career uh, at plus 261 at 15 minutes, which is a little bit less than two waves. So for this guy's career since since 2013 Worlds, he's had a two... On average, has had a two-wave XP advantage. For his career. That's... It's there's, it's ludicrous. He's only the victim of First Blood in 0.8% of his games. He partook in First Blood in 4.1% of his games. We looked it up because we were curious. Ming was only victim of First Blood in 2.2% of his games for his career. Most of which has been with Uzi. So... Just to put that in context. This is a team... That almost the almost every team that Uzi's ever been on has been like all in on Uzi. Almost every single iteration. Everybody knows what their team's gonna do, everybody knows what he's capable of, everyone is trying to shut it down, and he's died to first blood less than one percent of their games. Like th- that's ridiculous to me. And he has a six hundred and seven da- uh, damage per minute for his career. I would I'm curious like what the DPM numbers looked like last season. I know like the two best in the world were like seven hundred last year. Like, I think Wanfang was, like, 702 or something like that at the end of the season. And, like, that's in one season. He had a 607 for his career. Uh, he's had the highest CS per minute in every single LPL season he's ever played in. He's had seven professional pentakills outside of exhibition play. Three of which are on Vayne, which is not an OP champion and has been for a long time. Uh, he has the most kills in professional history. He's the first to 500, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000, and 2,500. He's the only person, I think, over 3,000. I don't, I, I think a couple of the Korean pros are coming up on that, but they're not, they're not close. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> he had 500 kills by June of 2014, 1,000 by April 2015, 1,500 by August 2016, 2,000 by April 2018, 2,500 by August 2019. So he had... He had he had a like you know give or take like six or seven hundred kills per year or something like that. It was like six hundred kills per year, I think. Like, and some of them were more, some of them were less. He got his first one hundred kills in fourteen games, which is over seven per- kills per game for his first fourteen games of his career as a rookie, averaging over seven kills per game. 
in his first 14 games. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, that's that's all I wrote down. But like, d- so many of these numbers are just they, they're just insane. They're just not even remote. There are people that will have a good season. There are MVP caliber seasons that are these numbers. Like, just just think about that. This guy over the court, he had, he played his first game in October. Uh, no, he played his first game in 2013 on the professional stage. In seven years, he had better numbers than some MVP seasons, and like I I really can't emphasize enough just how ridiculous that is. Because, like, I mean, anybody that's followed, like, rate statistics over the course of, like, any sport will realize that it averages out over time. And these are absolutely ludicrous. Like, they're they're insane. And he has – it's not like he's been on the best team in the league every single year either. Most of the time, RNG was, like, in the middle, like, top six range. So, yeah, I I don't know. Like, you guys have any more to add on this? Because, like, some of these numbers are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, one I found interesting just perusing some of the statistics is like champions that he's played more than 10 games on professionally. There's only one champion he has a sub 50% win rate on, and it's quirky. And I assume that's from when he was playing mid lane, probably, right? Yeah. At least the majority. I mean, I know quirky ADC had its time, but I'm sure a a decent chunk of that is. But like, that's kind of crazy. Like, he has, you know, 15 champs he's played more than 10 games on and only only one of them he has a sub 50% win rate on like that's pretty mind-boggling it's insane like the, to me like the differential of 15 of 12.8 for a career is just like how much better was this guy than literally everybody that ever he's the, he's look I, i'm i'm a huge deft fan and if you go way back Zhao Wei Zhao kind of reinvented the position this was like 10 years ago 9 years ago but He's the best AD carry to ever play the game, and I'm a and I'm a deft enthusiast and and pro deft guy. Uzi's the best ever to do it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And just a legend. It's it's absolutely nuts. And I know we took a lot of time going through numbers and everything, but like I just want people to understand, especially a lot of new people that didn't get to watch him. Uh, I wanted to take some time to just emphasize like how ridiculous some of these numbers were, and just how good this guy was, and that. Even though he never won a world championship, there was a very real argument that he's the best player of all time. And I wanted to give him his due because this is, you know, one of the all-time greats hanging him up. So, Yeah, I mean, there's a, if you, let me ask you this question as an as a end to this topic. If you took the world's finals teams and switched Faker and Uzi, like switched the 80 carry and mid laners from those teams, there's a reasonable chance Uzi has won some world championships. Yeah, absolutely. Like, no question. Yeah. And and some of those world championship teams have had have had crazy good AD carries too. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. This was like this one hit me. Like this was a, this was a heavy hitter. Um, like I could see the writing on the wall. Like I know a couple years from now, whatever when Faker hangs it up, that's gonna hit me like a truck too. But I mean, this is he he's nuts. This is this is like a Joe Montana or or you know Michael Jordan level retirement in this in this game and I, I wanted to give it the proper respect and weight that it deserved by by really talking about him and just putting in perspective just how insane his career was. So 
I, you know, I, uh, he's had just too many health for those that are curious too. like, it's, it's just, it was just piling up health issues. It's not that he can't play anymore. He was still an absolute savage last year. He's still destroying solo queue. Um, for, he's had a number of injuries over the year. He's had back problems. He broke his leg at one point. He's had shoulder issues. Like most professional gamers that have been playing for so long, he's had wrist issues, carpal tunnel, you know, repetitive strain injuries and the like. And, uh, uh, apparently, I did not know this one until recently, but he's uh, a big part of this. Is he's been battling type two diabetes as well, so just too many health issues, and it it really sucks to see someone go out on injuries. But it's just a reality of the world in in any competitive activity. It just happens sometimes. So pour one out to one of the all time greats because man, oh man, he he was he was something else. I, I really don't know if we're ever going to see anybody like him again. Not he. He played the position in a way that nobody played it. AD carry is not a position that you you see people dominate in, and he was he would dominate to a level that you didn't think was possible. So, yeah, poor one out to Uzi. Man, feels kind Just, of shitty uh, to talk about anything else now. <laughs> like, yeah, God, tie a bow on top of it too. I think. Uh... I want to backtrack because I, I know like a few weeks back I was kind of like questioning RNG like what the hell are you guys doing but I actually think like in aggregate kind of the way that this was handled was pretty well done in terms of like getting Betty integrated without being like oh Uzi retired now you have to step up like think about it they just got him a full split where people were just you know like oh Uzi's gonna come back Uzi's gonna come back they're not being super critical of him and now he's got that full split under his belt and, and then they, you know, it seems like sent Uzi out on a pretty well high note. Um, so I, I just wanted to like kind of backtrack on something I had said, you know, kind of trashing them for how the, this went down. But it, it seems like they actually did a pretty good job handling the situation. I mean, speaking of roster moves, that was a good transition, Josh. I know we don't usually do transitional stuff on this show, but, you know, that was a good transition because the first news topic I wanted to talk about besides that was RNG added 705. So there were a bunch of, um, there were a bunch of offseason moves that I wrote about and we've talked about last week on the on the show, there were more over the weekend that happened since we recorded. So most of them were not that big, but uh, I think the most notable one was RNG adding 705, and I wanted to mention that because we were questioning whether Kryon or Xiaohu is going to play top lane, and it's looking like 705 is just going to play top lane for them, which I think... I mean, I was talking a lot about it on the, on the, uh, the eSports Department Discord, which is free, by the way, so come hang out and, you know throw your hat in the ring and discuss some things there. Uh, a lot of good conversation going on in all the channels there, so that's good. Um, RNG, so 705 to me is like, he actually impressed me as, as as a you know standing in for Zoom, and I think people are comparing him to Zoom, but I think there's this whole swath of top laners in the LPL that are like, I compared it earlier to like if you're playing Madden or like NHL or like whatever EA sports game, there's a bunch of these guys that are like, 79 to 85 range overall ratings that are like, what's really the difference? Like, it's like being minuscule. It's like, yeah, this guy's a little bit better than this guy. But I think 705 is in that group, even with one full season under his belt. So considering, I think it's definitely a downgrade from Langji, but I also don't think it's as big a drop-off as people are, are giving credit to. Like, I think a lot of people are downgrading RNG big time because of the loss of Langji, and I don't think you should automatically do that. So... No, that's that's all I had on this one. Do you guys have anything else on that? Yeah, and no, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, <clears throat> I do think Longji's a better player. 
But the way that RNG used him didn't really let him do anything more than what 705 is capable of anyway. It wasn't like they played around top lane. Like when Long G was on teams that played around top lane, he was a monster. But I don't think RNG is going to use their top laner that way in general. So he's probably not too much of a difference in the quality of their team overall. Yeah. I think the other angle with this too, and maybe Josh, you can chime in on this, is like, I think we all agree that like RNG's biggest problem wasn't their players. It's whether the coaching staff figure shit out or not, right? There was a lot of Elise on that team. Yep. A lot of Elise. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of sinning, right? Um, oh, Josh, do you have anything to add to that, or does that sum it up pretty good? No, yeah. <clears throat> the only other thing I'd say is just, like, also with, with the way the meta is, and I don't really see this changing anytime soon, like, he's the type of top winner you want. Like, he's used to not being given a bunch of reasons. He's not the shot, basically, like, uh, or Flandre, right? What you want, do. To be, yeah, one of these guys that wants to be the, the primary focus of their team. Um, like he, he can play that weak side role, and that's, I mean, that's going to be key, especially for them. But uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to fit in well in the system. All right. Um, I don't think there was any other big news. Did I miss anything big? No. Well, we'll add I haven't noticed word. anything, but there's been, honest to God, there's been so much news. I'm having a hard time keeping track of all the news <laughs> exactly anyway. So. Right. All right, so uh, I guess we'll go into our main topic then, which was uh, we're going to talk about the LEC and the LCS and kind of do like the same thing we did with the uh, LPL last week, but we're going to do it for both of the Western regions this week because there were a lot fewer changes than there were in the LPL, and I think in two 10-team leagues we can kind of cover most of them and the big picture in both leagues in, in a similar amount of time. So let's do the LEC first because that's going to be the one that kicks off first on that Friday. Oh, we have Friday Night League now for the NALCS. So, uh, I just wrote these down in alphabetical – or not alphabetical. There's like no particular word. I just wrote them down. So, changes for Excel. Uh, expect a Mickey leave. The Mickey news actually just happened over the weekend too, so that, that was relatively new. Um, so, expect a Mickey leave. Um, it's it's cries, right? I'm never going to get this dude's name right. cries, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm never going to get this dude's name right because I didn't watch enough of you masters, but – um, Cries and Special are going to be the new top laner and mid laner, and they also brought in a sub mid laner yesterday. Uh, his name's Swiffer. I didn't really look into him too much, so I would assume Special is going to get the start. He was pretty good last year. Kind of surprised me that Special didn't play more this year. I would have liked to have seen that, but um, yeah. Uh, any thoughts on Excel overall? Uh, to me, they're they're basically going to be the same team. Like they're probably going to be like six or seven. They're going to either be like they're like fifty fifty to make the last playoff spot. That's, like, very much how I feel. I don't think this move changes them that much. It gives them a stylistic difference because Mickey is very much his own kind of mid laner that Special is not. That improves them automatically, I think, because I think Mickey's style is not the one you want to be playing, so they're automatically improving from playing differently. But I'm not sure, like, talent-wise that this is really that much of an upgrade. I've watched a little bit of Cries, and it wasn't super standout stuff. I watched Special in EU Masters, and he was had some very bad games uh, over the course of EU Masters. He kind of pulled it back a little bit, but once again, not super impressive. So I think kind of slight above lateral movement for XL. Yeah, I think, I mean, I actually think it's, I, I think they finish worse. I don't know if the actual team will be worse, but I think they finish worse. I think I think I have them in eighth. Um, I think the teams are upgrading. Is that why? I just think, I mean, I think Schalke was promising towards the end of the season. Like they had the whole, drama at the beginning um and once they got over that they seemed to come together i think having a whole offseason with inax 
um, will help them a lot. And so I think they'll improve. And then also I think, I think Misfits upgraded and they were the sixth place team or whatever. So that, that's going to increase that gap. So I just don't really see them even. I mean, I think hypothetically they have a chance to play us, but not really. I think that the other news just on Mickey is I think he went to APK. I don't know if we. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. I forgot to include that in this, but yeah, he's, uh, I don't know if he's actually going to start on APK. <laughs> I, I actually doubt he will. Like, I don't think he will, but. I don't think I would start him if I was APK. Yeah. And I'm he's, he's not, not a. He's not a bad guy to have in your back pocket as like a little bit of a trick. You bring yeah. him out in a game two, draft him a Pantheon or something weird. Yeah, but so. yeah I don't think he's their their best starter. All right. Um, Schalke, no relevant changes. Kind of the same as Josh, as, as what I was going to say, is I think Schalke is probably going to look better this season. Put some more distance between them and the forgiven situation. Yeah, for Schalke, I think – some time off, kind of like Josh said, some time off can only really be good for this team. They looked better at the end of last season. We would expect them to have worked on some more stuff in the off season, more time to play together without the forgiven fiasco. So they should be a little bit better this season. I would expect them to take a step up. They still have some good talent on that team. And they looked good in the second half, too. Like, they, they looked like a pretty good team come the second half. Like, they were actually challenging. I mean, maybe not the Fanatics and G2s of the world, but they were, like, playing competitively against Origin and, and you know, the playoff teams. So... Maybe put in that conversation. Uh, Fanatic. So there was a whole ordeal with Vigar. They're a strategic coach that, you know, you can look into if you want to on your own. I'm going to avoid talking about it here and giving it the time of day. But basically he was doing some unsavory things. Um, he leaves. I think he got a job somewhere else too, right, already. So not totally something to ignore. Because, you know, that was something Fnatic was good at. I don't like to ignore these coaching changes, but they, they do have a little bit less of an impact. So I just wanted to mention it. Uh, G2, we have Perks and Cap swapping. This is old news. Uh, we've talked it, talked it not to death, but enough about it. Uh, really, I think it just raises G2 ceiling a little bit, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mad Lions... No relevant changes. Did you have something on G2, by the way, John? I don't know if you wanted to. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, same thing you said, but, like, this is this should be a ceiling upgrade for G2. I would expect them to be even more aggressive and bloodier with them switched in this position. I thought Caps was a more passive bot laner than Perks was, even though Caps might have been slightly more aggressive in the mid lane, but I think this just ramps them up even more where they were already ramped up. All right. Um, Mad Lions. No relevant changes, which doesn't surprise me. They were kind of a, a new team and got better and better as the split improves. I mean, do we want to talk about, like, big picture, Mad Lions, like where that – I mean, do you, we'll just touch on that at the end, right? Like, this team's going to keep improving, I think. Uh, they might be a tad overrated because of how they did in playoffs, but I, I think this team's going to keep improving. But we'll, we'll get to that when we wrap the whole the whole league up. Uh, Misfits, add Kabe and Das, who's a sub-support, and obviously B-Boy – Left with the addition of Kabe, so Kabe returning to Europe. This was kind of a big news thing that we didn't we didn't really talk about this because it kind of happened like just in between, like exactly in between enough where like it didn't have enough attention for enough days that we just kind of forgot about it a little bit. But turns out Kabe is not getting screwed. This is a weird lineup for me. How do you guys feel about this lineup? Is it, is it Dan Dan Razork Fabiven Kabe? Do they play Denik? Yeah, probably Denik still. It's a 
that's an interesting little it's an interesting little lineup. I'm not sure where I think the ceiling or the floor on that lineup is. I know we've talked about like I mean statistically Bevoy was not very good, but I didn't think he was like a detriment really. So I mean if you if you think about it like it's probably an, I mean it's an upgrade at the eighty carry position, assuming Kabe still has some chops and didn't get NA'd, basically. <laughs> um, didn't, you know, get his his edge dulled, but I mean, it's probably just an upgrade, right? But I don't know. Misfits are probably going to be pretty good. It's probably a playoff team, right? But I, I, what's interesting is, like, if if you consider that Excel slate upgraded and that, like, Shalk is going to be in the conversation this year, like, I think maybe they're a playoff team, but their chances of making it are similar or less than they were in spring, right? Yeah, you, you'd think they'd be better than spring. Yeah, I don't know. It's They're, they're kind of a weird team to evaluate from that angle, right? Yeah. They seem... oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think I think Misfits will be better. Um, I think I think like I don't I don't I don't really see how they could get worse. Um, we've talked before about like like you said, Denick wasn't necessarily bad, but he was like arguably probably the eighth or ninth best eighty carry in the league. And you would have to think Cobb is going to be at the top half of the league eighty carry. Um, I mean that's in his most recent LEC split, he surely was so. You would think it'd be at least similar. Uh, the the one thing that is a little bit different, I think, is this Misfits team was a little bit more um, aggressive early, so that doesn't necessarily fit Kabi's kind of scale and, and output damage late style. So it'll be kind of interesting fit that, on that front. I don't know. He wasn't bad with TSM, and they were an early game team. So I don't th- I don't think we should automatically rule that out. I think I think people. This is a big issue I have, like, overall with League, is that people get typecast way too much. And, like, just because they've been in one setting doesn't mean that they're not more versatile. And, like, that's even with players that have shown that they can do multiple things. They just have – people just have this archetype in mind of what this player is. You see this in traditional sports, too, where, like, oh, this guy is – Deshaun Jackson is a deep threat receiver. It's like, no, if you, like, look at it, like, under, under, like, you know, a microscope, Deshaun Jackson can run a full route tree. Like, he's really goddamn good. But, like, I think there's a lot of that that happens in league because, honestly, I think a lot of it's the broadcast. It's kind of one of the big issues I have with the broadcast is that they kind of, like – because it sells. It's easy to describe that to someone as an archetype than to say, oh, this guy's pretty good, but he also does this, but he also does this, but he also does this. So I get it, but it ends up painting, you know, a slightly inaccurate picture to me of some of these players. And I think – I don't know. I think Kabe's probably – I think he's just a straight upgrade. And – I think you made a lot of good points about it. Team seems high ceiling, low floor to me. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be some games these teams lose. This team loses to some teams they shouldn't lose to. When you have, like, Fabivan on the lineup, and I think Denik and, and Dan Dan kind of fit that too. Dude, as guys what's it going to take? What is it going to take for you to stock to get off the Fabivan, Fabivan has to have at least as many good splits as bad splits in the last, like, two and a half years for me to start getting off that train. He's got like one good split, four bad splits. He hasn't sold me yet. I mean, look, I'm, I tend to be with you on this one. I don't know, man. I, he was really good last split, which makes me think there's going to be some regression. But I also think Fabian's a really damn good player. Not like an elite, ridiculous level player, but he's a he's a good player, and he's been pretty steady over his career too. But I also think he just had an insane season last season. And that, so like, what does this team look like if he regresses? That's that's like my big question. 
not even like a big regression, just like a little bit of a regression to the mean. Because like, like we saw it last season, every single game that he didn't like him and Razor didn't hard carry like on their own. This team lost every single time. There wasn't a single game that se- last season with this team that another player carried. Right? Maybe Bevoy once. I think that's why you got Kabe, right? Like, yeah. that's what makes sense to me. I think it gives them a little bit more of an out. I think they were very pigeonholed into the side they had to play. We saw, like, we we saw them have to put Febvin on an assassin, you know, a LeBlanc, a Diana, um, these type of champions that can just go all in, get an early lead, and then snowball their lane, and then affect the game else, else like, you know, in other lanes. Um, and he was very good at it. He's very good champion but when they put him on you know something like an orn which we saw success with from nuke duck nemesis other other mids throughout the league even perks i think ran ran some orn he didn't look like he knew how to play the position at all so i think uh you know this should give him a little bit more flexibility because it won't always have to be you need to play an assassin you need to get a kill before 15 minutes and you need to win your lane and dominate right I think should, hof- should hopefully loosen up drafts a little bit for them too especially with the AD carry buffs coming where maybe having a good AD I mean that's a big picture topic we can talk about too um, not this patch but I think it's going to be 10-12 is going to have wholesale buffs to AD carries and wholesale nerfs to mid lane whether that's enough and how much they're going to be is is still up for you know balance the balance team but that's their stated intention, and if that's the case, maybe we see a little bit of a changing of the guard. Uh, I don't know. I, I just think this this can't hurt. Like it's just an upgrade all around, right? Origin. Uh, Origin didn't make any changes, but their head of scouting and their strategic coach is suspended until June twenty fifth, and then he yeah, got, then he got fired. and then and then he got fired. So yeah, uh, this was over. Solo queue actions, actually, which I'm so glad that people are being punished for. I know people will disagree with that take, but you got, I mean, you're a professional, set a goddamn example. And this is a coach. I, I, I Honestly, I love that they do this because it, it holds people accountable and maybe people see that shit and know that they're not screwing around. So, Yeah, get, get out of there, dude. If you're, if you're a coach for a professional team, you can't be using, I don't know what he was using, but you can't be using any kind of anything. If you're a coach for a professional team, it's a look you. Nobody should be able to, but at the very least, punish somebody that's playing at the, or coaching at the highest level of the game for sure. Yeah, put Good a spotlight re- on it. Make an example out of it. I, I, I like that, or I like, he was only suspended until June 25th. I like that Origin just fired him. I, I don't know. It says leaves. I don't know if he was fired or like, he was fired. Can we confirm that? Yeah, pretty sure. I saw it on their Twitter. All right. So, uh, I don't know. Origin are probably still the third best team, right? I think they are. I think there might be room made this split, to be honest with you. I think Origin's time in the sun might be over this split. It's possible. I mean, uh, they're a playoff team, no doubt about it. But I think maybe they drop down to like fourth or fifth this split, maybe. Maybe they're not like the clear cut, like, we are number three and there's no one else close to us, but we're also not as good as Fnatic and G2. Now it's going to be we're like three. We're in that tier. Maybe there's like two or three teams that are that good that get better and step up into their level. Yeah, that's uh, kind of how I think about it. That there's a couple other teams that are going to be contending for third. I still think you're going to see G2 and Fnatic 1-2. And it just matters whether some teams like Mad might be able to step up into that 3-4-5 conversation. Yeah. Or the next team, Rogue, who also made no changes. I think it's probably fine. This team, this team's like, 
still young enough that they could still develop, but they're also pretty good. I also think that they, I don't know, they strike me as a team that probably has some positive regression coming based on like the results that they got last split. But I also don't think that they're quite on the level of, you know, the elite team. So they're probably just going to be one of these like playoff teams as well. Like I don't see them doing any, any real damage, but uh, maybe you guys think differently. Yeah. I think I'm kind of out on rogue. I really don't think they're going to be that good next season. Uh, they might miss the playoffs. I really, uh, I was not that excited about Rogue last season. I don't really think they're going to get much better. So I, I think I'm kind of out on Rogue. You don't, you don't think the 80 carry changes help them? Not enough. Not compared to some of the other teams. I think a lot of other teams have better bot lanes than Rogue. Okay. Josh, thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think. <clears throat> I mean, it all kind of depends how far forward Larson can move and and how much he can carry this team. Um, but to me, I think. I agree with John. I, I think they're six, seventh. Um, I think the top four in the league have a pretty big gap just to kind of circle back. I do think I would rank mad above origin right now. Um, and then I think misfits did enough to improve in my eyes to, to stay fifth. Uh, and then I think it's going to be Rogan Shaka battling for that last playoff spot. I don't think that's unreasonable. I don't, I don't totally agree with it, but that's makes sense. Uh, I mean, like I said, we'll we'll put a bow on all this like at the end. But uh, so SK, I think SK probably made the biggest changes. Uh, so Sakurai and Venter as well. So Sakurai just left. Venter is going back to Academy. Head coach Unlimited also left. They're bringing in uh, Zazi or Zazi from Big the German team to play mid lane. And as far as I understand, he's actually going to just be the starter. Because Gen X is going to switch to top lane. And then they also bring in uh, Jezus as the head coach. So this is going to be a different looking lineup. So, like, it's going to be. Wow, let me just pull it up. It's Gen X. Who's their jungler? I always forget. SK was so bad last season. Um, it's Trick. going to be Gen X, Trick, uh, Zazi, Crown Shot, and Limit. I mean, that is correct, and this team is going to be awful, right? Like, am, am I off base here? I mean, I, probably. So, like, I guess the question is, like, are, is this a lateral move, or is this a downgrade, or is this a slight upgrade that's going to be outpaced by, like, inflation, basically? Uh, like, is, is, is the rest of the league improving going to outpace this upgrade if you think it's an upgrade, or do you just think it's a downgrade or a side grade? It's a slight upgrade that's going to be outpaced by Trick. Okay. I think that's a fair summarization. I mean, I don't know. It's like you guys watched so Zazi. Is it Zazi or Zazi? Zazi. Is Zazi like – I don't know. I, I didn't watch – like is Zazi good? Is he the real deal? He's he's fine. He wasn't like a major standout or anything. Okay. Because I know a couple of the big players got signed. Um, we're going to talk about another one uh, with – uh, vitality in just a second, but is SK in the last place again? No, I will say with SK, like the, the one thing, like you, you kind of hinted at it, but I think the AD carry buffs like affect this team the most because I think Crown Shot's so far and away the best player on this team that it's not even really close. Like, I don't think there's really a close second. Um, I think Crown Shot's arguably a top half of the league, AD carry. In the in the LAC, and he's just stuck in Elo Hell. So it, it can be very interesting to see what that does to affect their standing. 
Um, I do think though they're they're a bottom three team. I think it's them, Vitality, and uh, Excel at at a race to the last. Yeah, I kind of think. Um, just to clarify, I know they didn't get last place last split. I was just saying this is going to be a bottom team again, and like I so. I mean, I'll just say, like, I don't, I don't hate these moves, but I feel like they, a team that was like in ninth place, needs to do better. Like, I'm fine with the impact. I think the moves were fine, but Trick had had to go. He was problem number one. He was like the person that needed to get out the fastest, and they kept him. And I think that's really going to hurt them. Get Tarzan. In. Yeah. Or Tinks. Like, why, why not one of these EU Masters guys and, and give him a shot? Even if it's not Tinks, like there are plenty of junglers that showed that they could play. Oh yeah, there was tons of guys, man. They could have picked up um, Kick Neo Surf's jungler Schlatan. He was very good. Schlatan's really good. And he's Trick he's played was, in the LEC before, I think too. Trick was just really bad last season, like really bad. And I'm not trying to be mean to the guy, but he was just really like tenth best jungler in the league, probably. Yeah. Um. That and like I think the mid lane's weird. Like, why well, I, I don't I don't understand why you get Zazie instead of one of these guys that actually showed it on the EU master stage, like even leader, like we all know leader's good and talented. And he obviously has his flaws with champion pool or whatever it may be. But like, there were so many mid laners that impressed in that tournament. And for you to take a guy that didn't even like play, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I wonder how much uh, like language and nationality comes into this because I noticed that Zazie and Gen are both German. Yeah. And like Chekolad was a standout uh, during EU masters, but he might only speak Polish or you know something like that, so it could be a language type issue. Or they it want could to also be a financial issue. It could be, but is anybody from EU Masters really asking for any money? Like, do you really have to downgrade to Zazi because you can't get you know Chekolad or Tinks or any, any of these other guys? Yeah, I mean, this roster just in general doesn't scream we have money to throw around. So, like, True. maybe their financial situation. Maybe we're giving too much credit to their financial situation just because they're an LCS team or LEC team. I don't know. It, it feels kind of weird. I mean, the other thing is, like, maybe they see something. Maybe there is experience playing together. I didn't look into that. Maybe they've played at some level before. Maybe Unlimited coached them at some point. I, I don't know. But I don't know. SK feels like last place because I, I think Vitality actually made – Vitality, I think, are going to be better this season. I'm not saying a playoff team, but they're going to be better this season. And, yeah, well, we might as well get to Vitality, right? Um, Vitality, add NG and – uh, a talent development coach from the academy, both from the academy team. Labrov is going to be starting at support. With, or actually, he's probably not going to be starting. Jack Troll is probably still going to be starting. We love our Jack Troll, don't we? I wouldn't be surprised if Jack Troll's mid laning for them. I don't know. What well, Jack no, Troll... they, they announced Melitza's playing. Yeah, but I mean, Jack Troll, if he says he wants the mid lane, they're going to let him mid lane for sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. Apparently, but Jack Troll has like god level leverage on. He he's got to have pictures of someone doing something. It's another one of these situations, right? Uh, so so and then Melitza starting, and then Skeen. The, the weirdest part to this to me, and we talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago, was like Skeen's going back to Academy. Like Skeen's a steal back going back to Academy. Skeen's was like the best player on this team, so that's what struck me as so weird about this. But like, Steelback wasn't bad either. I thought Steelback was fine. I mean, Steelback was better than. Jack troll, but maybe Labrol is better than both of them. So, I mean, Vitality can't really be that much worse than they were last season. They get the mid laner that they were supposed to be starting last season with and just had visa issues and followed up by the, corona, the COVID-19 stuff. So, 
we're going to get Simulitsa finally. Uh, it was a lot of promise to him. This is just – they're still just a bottom two team. They're going to be better, I think. Th- this is the kind of team that's going to be better and have the same record, right? Yeah, that's kind of how it feels to me. Or maybe maybe them and SK switch because I think this is a better team than SK's put together. I don't know if the two of them are really bad. Like they're they're like the bottom tier, right? Like I think even even if you're you're bearish on Excel and have them as the AC, it Excel is like way better than these two teams, right? Yeah, definitely. I definitely think that. So they are like in in a bottom tier of their own, right? Like this would be like a D tier. Yeah, who who ends up ahead between Vitality and SK? Like yeah, who knows? It, but does I definitely it really matter. Those, yeah. those two bottom two almost for sure. All right, so like let's let's put it so big picture for Europe and and. Do we still see Europe as just, like, super top-heavy, or is the middle of the table going to get a little bit more blurred to the split? Like, I think – is it unanimous that we all think it's still just G2, their own tier, Fnatic, like, half a tier behind them, and then, like, the rest in various orders? Yeah, I've kind of said it in the discussion so far, but for me, it's like the top and the bottom stay the same, and then the middle might switch up a little bit. Between, like, Misfits, Mad, Origin, XL – Shulka. like those teams can yeah. maybe mix around but for the most part i think it's same top same bottom so like josh what do you think if you had to like like let's just we'll call them tier a and tier b like obviously i think we're all going to do our own list and everything but like call it tier a and tier b tier a is the teams that you think are definitely going to make the play or like likely to make playoffs and tier b is like they're going to be like 50 50 or less to make playoffs in europe yeah, I think it's. I think there's a clear five. It's uh, for me to clear five is G two Fnatic, Origin, Mad, and Misfits, and then that that I think those five are all really likely to make the playoffs. Like seventy five percent plus. Yeah, I, I would bet seventy five. I would say seventy five percent chance that all five of those are in the playoffs. Okay. And then I think the last spot you come up to literally just shop and row. Like, I, I don't. I I really don't think Excel competes with the, with either Shop or Rogue for that last spot. I, I think we're looking at a situation where you got, you know, G two at fourteen to sixteen wins, and Excel is looking at like four to six wins. SK and Vitaly are looking at like two to five wins. Like, I think there's a pretty big and and Misfits and Rogue and Shop are looking at more like seven to nine type type area. So. John, what about you? If you had to like tier these out, like if A tier is like fifty plus percent to make playoffs, and then B tier is fifty percent less to make playoffs, what what is like your A tier teams? Like, um, obviously, G two and Fnatic are like their yeah, own thing. G two, Fnatic, Origin, Mad Lions, I'd say are the, likely to be the top four. Misfits probably right in there with them. So I think I think it's kind of the same feeling is that that last spot in the playoffs is some sort of mix. You know, it could go to Rogue. I think XL has a chance. Schalke is kind of battling for that last playoff spot. And then the teams that just have no shot at all is just SK and Vitality. So you think realistic? So I, I th- like, I, I was a little bit. I'm not hating on XL as much, and I'm not hating on Rogue as much. Like, I'm a little bit more. I don't. Wanna, I wouldn't say bearish, but I'm less bull. Like, I'm. Or I wouldn't say bullish. I'm less bearish than you guys are on on those two teams. But I do still think we're all pretty much in synchronicity here saying it's it's like rogue excel and shalka are all battling for the final playoff spot i kind of think five and six there's a little bit more of a blurred line i I do think mad lions and origin are cut above all those teams 
So, like, if I had to get more granular with this, I would have, like, I I think the top four is a lock. I think I think G2 Fanatic, Origin of Mad Lions is just a lock. And then I kind of think it's probably going to be in some order Shulk and Misfits if I had to put it down right now. But that's just because I'm optimistic on both of those. I'm just going to take a quick look at the outrights for Europe real quick while we're doing big picture on this. So just like this is like to win the split. So to win the split, Roger the fifth favorite, Misfits sixth, Excel seventh, Shulka eighth, SK9, Vitality ten. And then G2 overwhelming favorites at minus 182. Which is insane. <laughs> minus 182 for them to win this summer already, which is kind of crazy, but not that out of line. Uh, I, I think the one that sticks out to me here is probably Miss. You guys are higher on Misfits, but like Misfits and Shalka stick out to me. Not that I think they're gonna win, but like that shows you that they're being undervalued, right? Like, not that I'm gonna bet these outrights, but like it shows you they're undervalued for sure, right? I definitely think so. All right. Uh, anything else to add on Europe, just in general? No, that's pretty much the big picture. I think it's going to be another season where G2 stomps everybody and Fnatic like, gives us enough hope where we're like, I don't know, they could beat them, and then Fnatic will <laughs> Josh, is the same thing for you? I kind of feel the same way. Yeah, like I think it's – again, I, I think it comes – so the, the other angle I do want to touch on just quickly is like if we get the origin that showed up in the playoffs against G2 for an entire split, then we're talking, Right. That that wasn't the same team that played in the regular season. Yeah, they were they were playing for their lives and actually looked good. They were taking risks, making plays. If if that's the team that shows up, we could have a really really nice three headed race because I think we all thought it was going to be three headed race, and then it clearly became Fnatic G two again. Um, and then the other thing is like hopefully Fnatic can finally beat G two. But yeah, I, I'm I'm a little bit hopeful between Origin showing that in the playoffs and then. Mad Lions, as you've said, you know, since like the beginning of 2020, like still just getting better, more and more reps, getting better and better and better. Like I'm, I'm pretty hopeful for this league. Here's my my ending EU question. I know we've gone, we always go forever, but when G2 finally doesn't win the LEC, is it going to be a like? Is it just going to be a, somebody leaves? Like it's an off season and Perks goes to another team, and that's how they fall off? Or are they just going to have a split where they just show up? And they're bad for no reason. Like suddenly the team's fallen off, or their champion pools don't fit, or they don't fit the meta anymore. Or is it just going to be they make the finals because they're G two, and then somebody upsets them in the finals? What's the what's the way that G two first doesn't win the LEC? The last one. Somebody just beats them in the finals as an yeah. upset. That like- or that or they mail in next spring too much because spring doesn't matter. <laughs> like that's that's the other narrative I could see. It's like. That that you know that doomsday scenario of spring doesn't matter really kicks into full gear and teams really just stop giving a shit about it and and but yeah I think it's gonna take someone just upsetting them in a final like by chance. Just it, it could be just like what happened to Fnatic I think like they make it through the whole winners bracket and they only get one loss and they lose. Yeah, you know, I just is- said this. I was gonna say I just had this weird inkling that one split G two is just gonna show up and not be good. I don't know what it'll be if it's the off season's bad for them or if the other players in the league have improved or the meta doesn't fit. I just have this feeling the first time they lose is just gonna be they just go twelve and whatever in the regular season and just don't even make an impact. 
I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it happens in traditional sports all the time. Like, I mean, the Patriots win the division every year, but they don't look like the best team in the league every year. Like, they haven't for a while. Team Liquid yeah. just did it. Yeah, Team Liquid yeah. just did it. That maybe exactly. that's why team it's Liquid popping into your head. It. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what what's causing it. It's happened to some other teams too. Like SKT's had some splits where they only made like minor personnel changes, and then all of a sudden just didn't look very good. Yeah, they had like one off season. <laughs> like one, they had like one bad year where they didn't make worlds, and they still got like fourth place. So, I, I mean, it's interesting because like if you looked, if you compared last year, we all love G two, but I think we were all, we, I think we were all fairly staunch defenders of Liquid, even on the international stage, saying that like this team is like this is an exception level team. Didn't pan out that way, but we were all. I think we're all pretty much in lockstep saying, like, Liquid are an international contender. They're not going to win the world championship, but they can make top eight, like, for sure. It didn't work out that way. But if you if you consider it like, okay, this is a top eight worlds team, regardless of whether you think they're top two or top eight, and they just, like, fell off a cliff like that, it could happen to anybody. But, I mean, a lot of these guys have had pretty long careers already. It could just, you know, end up wearing on that way, too. But, like, I, I, honestly, I don't see them doing that anytime soon. Like... G two to me still look like one of the best teams in the world, like in any region. Like when they like yeah. when they're not when they're not honestly like for lack of better terms when they're not fucking around they look like one of the best teams in the world. So I don't know I don't know if if that's gonna it would take some drastic shit for me to change my mind on that. All right, uh, LCS a lot fewer moves, but I think two or three of them are super interesting. So hundred thieves resigned someday. Very intelligent decision, I think. I'd like to point out that when when Vince wrote this one, show notes he resigns like with no dash, and I like freaked out when I read it. I was like, "How did I miss this news? Like, why did why did he <laughs> why did he quit? Like, what the hell happened?" And then I like was searching Twitter and I was like, "Oh, resigns. Okay, <laughs> so, the power of uh, knowing what what your colleagues are writing." <laughs> yeah, yeah just I mean, kind of like back to there, right? Yeah, makes sense. Um... You make the argument that he's getting pretty old. He's been very active. good for a while, though, right? Like he's, he's still been really good. Top X, top laner in the league for every split that he's played, basically. In every league that he's played, <laughs> like ever. So, uh, Reaper gets a contract extension through twenty twenty two with Cloud Nine. There's a lot of these kind of moves in NA, so oh. just bear with us. But this one, I mean, Reaper. I I think even though it's not a surprise. That's one of the best moves that you can make. Like Reaper has clearly shown that he's just like an elite level coach versus the other coaches in North America. Every one of his teams is good. Even when they're switching back and forth between Academy and, and the main roster, they're really good every time, no matter what the lineup is, they always look good. Yeah. There's no way you let go of Reaper ever. Yeah. I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense too, because he's like one of the guys, like the guys that has actually translated very well, like to not Korea and, there are some Korean teams that would kill. There's some Chinese teams that would kill to have him as a coach right now. Even though he's quote unquote been in NA or stuck in like the easy region or whatever, like he's he's clearly a good coach regardless of the players he has. Like I I love his approach to pretty much everything, even when they're experimenting. Like even when they're like like quote unquote trolling or messing around in drafts, there's still like philosophical cohesion to a lot of it. He just he gets it, and maybe it's just that he was a former player that was able to make that transition over the years. But he just gets it. He's always on the cutting edge of shit. He's willing to take risks. He's not overly concerned. He's just he's just a good coach. Like and I don't care what league you're talking about. He's one of the best coaches in the world. So it just makes a ton of sense. And 
Jack is such a good manager. Like the guy, the guy who knows how to run an organization better than pretty much anybody in esports. So uh, it just makes a lot of sense. It was a good move by them. Um, CLG pick up, uh, bring up their assistant coach from the academy, but otherwise make no changes. Uh, I don't really know how to feel about CLG. I think they're not that good, but I also think that they kind of started off in the hole so badly last season because of the crown fiasco that, like, they're better than their record, but that doesn't mean that they're, like, a playoff team or anything. I'm, uh, I've am not been super impressed with Exogen, I'm going to say. I do try to follow some coaches, and uh, I have not been super impressed with what I've seen from Exogen, and I follow him on Twitter and stuff, too, and you can't always make a read on somebody from what you're seeing them post on Twitter or whatever, but Sometimes I feel like you can make a little bit of a read, and I've not been real impressed with anything I've seen from him, either with the CLG Academy team or with Twitter. So I'm going to expect a slight downgrade from that. All right. I have not uh, followed him that much. I know he I know he used to play. Uh, I don't really remember him that much as a player, except that he was a player. So um, I don't know. This doesn't move the needle at all for me for CLG. No, I don't. I think the, <clears throat> this team is, is the Shalko equivalent for me in NA. I uh, think everyone had him top five, top six at least going into last split. And Paul Belter looked like a very clear upgrade over Crown last year and actually looked like he was one of the better mid laners in the league and a league with kind of a little bit devoid of mid lane talent other than the, the most top end. So I think they could be a decent team. Um, we'll see. More time together playing can only be helpful, I think, though. Uh, Dignitas. So Dignitas. I think made the biggest upgrade of the offseason. Um, happened re- happened over the weekend, basically, last week. So they drop Grig and Hooney, and they add Dardock, Viper, and JJ. Just upgrades across the board, right? Am I nuts? Yeah, it's upgrades across the board. They definitely should improve. Were they good enough to begin with that this pushes them anywhere? That's the question, the question right? I think, right? Yeah. I mean... I mean, Vipers... This is NA we're talking about, over. John. This is NA we're talking about. This is a playoff team, right? On paper. We, we gotta have this conversation at some point. I'm just gonna come out and say it. Viper is not good. Like, he's not good. I don't know why you guys think he's good. He's just not. He's not good. He's we might find out this split. We'll see how the how the meta game goes. Listen, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying he's good. I'm saying more that I I'm not talking more about. I'm mostly talking about Dardock. Viper was elite for two splits ago. He was elite. Last was split, ago. he was not very good. So the question is just which one of those is is going to be the case? Was the elite uh uh was that the problem? Was that split the the fluke or was the last split where he was bad the fluke? Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I don't want to total. I don't want to totally shit on Hooney either because Hooney, Hooney is one of these players that he's very good at looking bad, <laughs> like just by he's he's like the diet he's diet the shy, he's very good at looking awful or very good and not in the middle. When in reality, I think it's probably more in the middle than people want to admit. They just remember the highlights and lowlights. There's a lot of players like that, but I think Hooney. I mean, you saw like. Yeah, I don't know. You saw last year with Clutch at Worlds, like, he's capable of doing more than I think people give him credit for, and he's still a good player. He's not as dominant as he used to be, so I think, like, maybe, even even if you're bearish on Viper, 
And like I look, I we've talked up Viper and hated on Solo and done this whole like shtick and everything, but I do think Viper is like not a bad player. And I'm more looking at this. I, I'm more than looking at the Dardock move as a massive upgrade to me because I, I thought Dardock was like the third or fourth best jungler in the league. I know you guys don't agree with me on that, but I thought Dardock was excellent last season and just again he was the low lights guy. Like people don't remember all the good things he did; they just remember the bad things, right? So. I mean, I think this also gives this team, like, a really aggressive identity, too, which I think they needed because Froggen sometimes gets a little uh, typecast, but he's also capable of doing other stuff. I, I think they're going to be a new look this season. Um, I do think they they picked Viper up at a bad time to pick Viper up. Like, just, use the, shy, cheap, just right? use the Shy scale. Just use the Shy scale. That's what I've been doing the whole time. In splits when the Shy is good, Viper will be good. The Shy was very bad last split, and probably I think we're moving more tank meta than than carry meta, which is only going to be worse for the Shy and for players like Viper. So it's probably a very bad time to have picked up Viper, even though I have a lot of respect for his ability. Yeah, as I was going to say, like he he's similar to Huni in that respect, I think a little bit, John and Vince, like yeah, because I, I think you could say the same thing about Huni in terms of the the Shy meter or whatever, right? Like you just said it. There's so much I play, so that that's why it's like a little bit confusing. And then just to touch on Dardoch, like I, I do hope we can see them open it up. Um, and I don't think for like I think Froggen can do everything Bjergsen did, um, but it will be kind of just interesting to see because they did tend to want to try to play more like a uh, fly quest a little bit last year, where they wanted to get when they were most successful. It was either Huni had a nuts early game and just snowballed, or they scaled the late game and Froggen hard carried. So, yeah, we'll talk about Huni in a second here because I got some points on that as well. That's our next point. So, if you want to yeah. just segue it straight over to uh, Huni joins EG. Well, I just want to briefly mention JJ real okay, quick too because I think JJ is another one of these guys that's like solid and has been solid over the course of his career. And Aframu was not great. So, yeah, JJ's he going to be the he's going to be the starter, right? He should be. I don't know that he will. Aframu has a big name and a big reputation, so. And I assume a big contract too is probably. the other thing. I would think they're paying Aframu probably a decent amount, so I would struggle to see them actually starting. Well, he's over. probably still he's probably still on that fat. I'm I'm assuming fat contract he got like two years ago or whatever when they they picked him up. So maybe they start Aframu and then switch over to JJ like early in the season if Aframu's bad. That seems likely. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I think Dignitas is upgraded across the board, and I think they're probably a playoff team considering NA overall and some of the other changes we're going to talk about. Um, you got to remember when we're, when we're talking about like NA playoff teams, you have to remember like Team Liquid missed the playoffs last split. Yeah. So like the, the playoffs are going to be pretty shaken up this split versus last split as far as who's going to make the playoffs. Yeah, but I also think it's it's like more of a crapshoot than people want to say. Like, I think after like the top three or four teams, it's like literally any one of the six could do it. Like, even CLG I wouldn't surprise me at this point. So, uh, EG, uh, Huni joins EG. It's a little weird, right, John? I know you, you had some – you said you had thoughts on this one. Yeah, this one for me – I'm really I'm kind of in the same camp that, that Josh was talking about when it comes to Dignitas. Like let me ask you guys this question. Are we gonna see Huni playing Orn, Scion, Maokai? Are we gonna see him play those champions or is he just gonna play Huni champions? He's probably gonna play his champions because he's his job is on the line now. 
If he plays Hootie Champions, I don't think this team's – like, I think this is a downgrade even. Maybe not a downgrade because Kumo was pretty bad. But, like, I think this is not good for them if, if he's going to play Hootie Champions. He can't play, right? Like, he can't play on the, on the LCS team because uh, of import rules. They have Bang. Oh, yes, I yeah. totally forgot. That's what's yeah, weird about it. That's the weirdest part about this whole thing is, like – is he going to play? He'll have, like, to be coach. he'll have to be a coach or an academy player. It's like the weirdest move, right? Like, when they did this, I was just like, I literally did, like, what's the what's the, the gif of the dude with the question marks? Like, that was, like, the first thought I had. I was like, huh? Like, <laughs> but, like, uh, well, good. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought, you know, initially I was like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Take a shot. Your top laner is your worst player. And then when I realized that they have Bang and Jizuke, I was like, wait. What? Like that that's when it really made no sense to me. I'm like So I mean Bang's gonna have residency next year, right? See this How is Hootie not have red residency? He's gonna Hootie, have it. It's like he time. came like forever before Bang. Like in my mind, he was here forever before Bang. Um Hooney well he went back to remember. Uh Hooney. No, that's not showing it. Bang, I know, is really close. He's like next, I think next win, like next spring, he'll have residency. Who should EG have picked up? If they were actually going to replace Kumo, who who should they have picked up, in you guys' opinion? Who would you have shot for? Assuming you have infinite budget and anyone will trade. Infinite budget someday. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think they're not that Hunter Thieves is ever going to trade him, but if if I'm the manager of Dignitas. Yeah, just saying. Sixers own it. I'm based around Philly. If you want me to manage, I could do that maybe. But <laughs> I would go to Hundred Thieves and be like, "Look, someday's obviously a great player, but you guys keep jerking him around, sending him to academy, trying out different people in the top lane. I w- I would try to leverage that, and I would talk to someday's agent, being like, "Listen, you're gonna be a full time starter. None of that bullshit. Period. Like." I'm glad you said that because that's exactly what I thought. Is there's a lot of good top laners in the league that play a lot of different styles, and someday is the exact guy that I want if I'm evil geniuses. Like yeah. that's the guy that I would have tried everything. to go get, and he can play the stuff that they need him that they're gonna need him to play. If you're gonna have Jazuke and Bang as your carries, I think you need him on tanks. And someday is one of the best like mixed tank players. Like tank he does everything. Players. He's very good. So I would have gone for someday and just tried try to put some money down, but. I think a sleeper there is impact. I was thinking impact too. Yeah. Yeah, impact makes sense as well. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, that's what I would have did. I would have called someday's agent and be like, "Listen, I'm not gonna have your client playing an academy anytime soon." All right. So, (laughs) um, speaking of academy, uh, oh, that's not academy. That's the next one. Uh, Viper leaves FlyQuest, meaning Solo is gonna be the full time starter. A lot of the same points. I mean, th- I mean, look, we we meme about it like to no end, but uh, Flakwas did look better with Solo in the lineup. Yeah, uh, they definitely looked better for the for the few games that he was playing towards yeah. the end of the season. I think the question with Flakwas are like, I don't want to compare them to Origin because they're a little bit different, but Flakwas are, uh, I don't know. I think FlyQuest are not the result of a meta, but they're defined by the fact that they're just going to do the right thing most of the time. And even if they're not that talented, like, you need to be that big to ride. Like, you're not a good team in NA if you can't be FlyQuest. That's the way I look at it. I hate to say it, Jim, but FlyQuest is going to be terrible. 
<laughs> and by Jim, I just mean casual reporter speak. But I got you. I, I, I hate to say it, they're going to be really bad. That's that's my. Why do you think they're going to be really bad? Because I mean, like, look. You, you well, have... Solo is actually really bad. Like, he's actually terrible. <laughs> just because he was performing better than he was performing better than Viper, which I agree with. But he's just really bad. Uh, Wild Turtle is arguably the worst AD carry in the league. Yeah. They've survived the last split off of a meteoric performance from Power of Evil and Ignar. Santorin wasn't even really that good last split. I thought Santorin was good. I thought at the very beginning, good. he was really good. Then he was fine. And then he was fine or slightly less than fine. It was like a monster performance from Power of Evil that kept them in it. I don't think he's going to do it again, basically. I think it was a monster performance by their coaching staff. Yeah, but th- we were saying that the reason they were beating everybody is they were just playing the right way and nobody else was. There's going to be some more teams playing the right way this sport. I like, sure as hell hope bad. so, because I don't know if I trust the coaching staffs in North America to do their damn job. Yeah, I I'm just sure don't think FlyQuest so. has the talent, and I think other teams are going to have it figured out this split, uh, more so anyway than they did last split. I mean, they're still, like, I, I still think that that description I had was accurate, though. Like, if, you, if you're not consistently beating this team, then you're just not good. You might be okay. You're not, gonna, you're not a good team. They're the, they're the good team measure. They're the measuring stick team, I think. Like I'm going to pin the tweet when I see a tweet that's like, I'm sorry that I haven't played up to my potential, everyone, from Solo right before he quits. <laughs> I'm pinning that tweet. From Carson Wentz? From, <laughs> from, from, from Prince Harry? They I'm, all... I'm extra annoyed at Solo because he's liking Instagirl's pictures on my Twitter and it pops up on my feed <laughs> and I like that. So I'm extra annoyed. Oh. All right, so... <laughs> Uh, Golden Guardians. Keith goes down to Academy. Uh, I think who he's going to be the full time starter. It's, can I we just... talk about Keith getting screwed? Can we just can we talk about, can we Keith, talk about getting... Keith getting screwed for his career? Yeah. Like, what does this guy got to do? Well, I mean, he's been terrible as an Eddie Carey. Whenever they brought him into the LCS, he's been like one of those gatekeeper guys. But it does suck that he's they the told Golden him to Glue of Carey. Yeah, they tell him to switch to support, and then they just give him like half a split, and then just demote him. Like, it's I feel pretty bad for him. He's probably better than almost like almost every academy player, but like you're right, he's this is just golden glue all over again. Coincidentally, <laughs> right? Like both these guys on the same roster. It's like, uh, so like Golden Guardians. Like, what's the like? I, I don't know. <laughs> His team's just like so unexciting to me. Like. They don't play that way. They play exciting. They're the NA Mad Lions. They're just going to get better and better as time goes on. That's my take on them. I'm skeptical. I don't know. Josh, what do you think about Golden Guardians? Are they, like, on the cut? Like, is this, like, a 50-50 play? Are they just in that pack of, like, maybe playoffs? Maybe not. Maybe we don't know. (laughs) Uh, It's like, I think they're, like, ninth. (laughs) I don't know. I hate this team. I don't think they're good. But they made it work last split somehow. So, FBI, like, they have some ceiling. I, I don't know. I, I feel like the LCS eventually has to make sense. And it didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being naive. If if this wasn't a new if this if the episode title wasn't going to be some kind of homage to Uzi, that would definitely be the episode title. It's just like the NA has to NA LCS has to make sense at some point, right? It's so perfect. Um, no changes to Immortals feels like super weird flex, right? <laughs> yeah, Immortals is going to be really bad too, right? Like, like really bad. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. 
right, so let's talk about the the two super interesting teams. Double if leaves TL, they add an assistant coach, and then they Jad comes in as a head coach, and then Kane's going to step to assistant coach. So Jad's going to be the head coach. Um, presumably tactical is just going to be the starter. I mean, there, last season got away from Team Liquid. I think we all get that. But I mean, let's just put this in context. Of like, like, is this team going to challenge to win the split, you think? Or is Cloud9 so much better than everyone? Because like, I... I've actually been, like, looking at this and just, like, looking at the futures markets for it and everything, and it's weird. Like, I, I think – I mean, there's no way that they're not going to be, like, a top three team to me. Yeah, I don't think double if leaving even hurts that team. This, I don't, this I team don't either. Much. I don't think it hurts them that much. And I think Jet has very, very high potential as a coach. I agree. If you ever listen to any of Jet's stuff, he's super knowledgeable, very smart, has the right idea about things. I think he's, like – as good of a signing as Papa Smithy was for Hunter Thieves, even though it was a different position. Yeah. I think this was a super good signing, and I don't think Double If matters that much. I think this team's going to be a contender, possibly a winner. Like, do you have them, like, number two? Or do you think, like, them and TSM and, like, I don't know, there's somebody I'm forgetting about? Like, I still don't think Cloud9's that good, man. I, I don't think they're going to win this split. I just I think they're going to come second or third, maybe fourth. I don't think they're going to win this split. I don't know, man. The only thing that's, that, that gives them a shot to win is that all the other big contenders have very clear weaknesses. Like the team we're about to talk about in a minute. Well, that's what I mean. Has like... a, a sparkly, clear weakness. But I think other teams have things so much better than them that they're, they're I'm not even sure they're a favorite in my mind versus the field. I kind of do. Like, I th- I... <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit before, but like for me being like super numbers-driven person, Team Liquid's last split made just absolutely no sense. Like, everything pointed to them regressing, 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 and it just never happened. And, um, like, they didn't really skip a beat too much when Double saw it. There was a little bit, like, tactical got picked on and kind of got the newbie treatment and, you know, it went as expected. But that's a thing you just need experience to get used to, right? So, like, I think – and I think – Again, like we're just talking about these teams playing more. Brox is going to be here for longer. They're going to get their synergies up. Um, I think they they have to get better. And the the biggest thing for Team Liquid last split, I think everyone almost can universally agree on this, was their drafting was just just god awful in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And getting this new coaching staff, getting Jat in there, um, signing the new the new assistant coach, demoting Kane. I think that's all taking the right steps. So. I'm pretty optimistic. I think, yeah, I think this team competes for first. I, I think it's them, TSM, and Cloud9 competes for first. Yeah, I, I kind of think what's interesting about this is, like, I, I think at the beginning of the season, like, really, like, the first, like, two-thirds of the season, because it was, like, the first half of Roxa being there, I think part of the influence their draft, on their drafts was just, like, comfort for him as he was getting acclimated. That's what it felt like to me. Like, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but it, it kind of felt that way. And, uh, but, like, it didn't fix itself come playoff time. Now, maybe he wasn't comfortable, and that was why, and they were still just drafting for comfort. I don't know, but, like, a lot of the drafts, I agree, didn't make a lot of sense, so... I don't... I, mean, I don't... If they made the playoffs, they would have looked a lot better. Yeah. Missing like, the playoffs was a, was a big beat for them. Yeah, I just, like, I don't know, like, if it's entirely on Kane to blame, if, like, it really was just, like, a comfort thing. Like, if, if Brock... If it just wasn't working for Brock's on stuff that he wasn't comfortable on, then, like, can you really fault the coach for that? 
he was drafting Lee Sin basically every game when he first got here, which I don't think was in a great position I mean, at, the point, have, at the point. He's played a lot of Lee Sin in Europe, so like yeah, he's a Lee Sin guy. So you you might be right; it might be a comfort thing. Yeah, where, I like they, in other like I'm basically just like I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to not like just completely shit on Kings. He's been a stud coach like his whole career. Otherwise, it was just this this season. Every single thing about this season was just weird. It was just weird. Like there was there was nothing that made a lot of sense about it and. Even if they didn't add Jat, like this team is probably going to be second to me. Like I think they're just the second best team. Like even 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 with Double Lift leaving, even if they didn't add Jat, I think this is probably just going to be the second best team in the summer. It wasn't really a question to me. TSM is the only real competitor, and I, I don't know. You guys, let's just get to TSM because I I think Team Liquid are the only people that are going to challenge Cloud Nine. Because I think TSM. I think I think TSM massively downgraded. TSM. We'll talk about what they just did right here, but somebody at TSM has to get fired for who ended up in the jungle for TSM. Yeah, uh, so TSM double if joins, obviously. That's been well chronicled. Uh, Dardock and Kabe leave. And Spika, once Huge. again, promoted from the academy. How the fuck did this happen? You cannot have this roster and have Spika be your jungler. Like, you cannot have spent this much money on this roster with these names and then make Speaky your jungler. Like, he was not good in Academy. When he's when we've seen him anywhere we've seen him, he hasn't been good. You've spent all this money, like, buy a jungler. I don't care if it's from where it's from. If it's from Academy, if it's from Solar buy somebody from somewhere who can play the jungle for you. I don't know. This is very disappointing because the rest of the roster is very strong. I mean, all right, so we, we have to factor in the 80 carry buffs. And the mid nerfs that are inevitably coming. I don't know how big a deal they're going to be, but Josh, you're you're like you're like lighting up. Like you, you just just go ahead, tee off on this because I, I think uh, we're all on the same page here, right? I just I just realized. I, I don't know why this hasn't struck in me before, but they're like, why the hell didn't they just sign Shurnfire? Good question. Yeah, they just signed Fire. Why didn't they, they? They didn't. Why didn't they take someone that was actually good? In Academy, at least. Like, Surefire played six fewer games in Speak in Academy and had nine fewer kills. Are you kidding me? Am I Am I crazy? Like, Doublelift, Biofrost, Bjergsen. There's not an import there, right? No, Bjergsen has residency. Why are we not having an import jungler? You have the whole world, and you, only, you have an import slot. Why are we not having an import jungler here? I, mean, I do think it's because of the code situation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, that made a harder play for closer. It just makes too much sense. I think jungle matters way too much, and like I know this team's gonna like junglers can look good when their team can lane kingdom people. That's like a real thing. But dude, the, you can get by with a functional jungler and make them look really, really good if you can just lane kingdom people. But goddamn, Aspika is not good. He has shown nothing. There's no, there is nothing to believe unless they're seeing shit internally. I don't know. I, I, I kind of think this team is going to be like a colossal disappointment. I think a lot of people think TSM are going to be second or third. I, I don't think they are. Like I legit, this team, like maybe they are just because the talent level. I guess I don't know, and they're that's just good enough to get third or fourth place in North America. But like, it's, to me, it's it's Cloud Nine and Liquid are going to be a cut above everyone else. I think personally, I still think Cloud Nine's going to be a cut above. Although I don't know, I think Jat's going to bring a lot of what Cloud Nine was doing last season to Liquid. 
and there's not going to be the attitudes and the stubbornness. I, I think I think those two teams are far and away better than everybody else in the league. Like I don't even think it's particularly close. And it, it, it blows my mind that they didn't make a coaching change and that they ended up with speaking in the jungle. It's on like how I don't know. Oh, it's it is painful because this roster if you put a good jungler here, if you put closer here, like Josh said, that's such a great choice. Closer. Yeah. He's already in the US. You can use your import slot on him. He was fantastic last season. If you put somebody like that in there, it just, just like, takes this lineup up so hard. How about just anybody that doesn't suck? Like, yeah, the, like I'm not team, asking much here. Coaching needs an upgrade, too. You're right about that. They didn't mess with that. They don't change the jungle. If this team fails this season, I mean, honestly, I would have already fired whoever's job it was to make sure we had a jungler. Like, just, whoever was supposed to scout and make offers for our jungle position is fired for me if I'm TSM. I really want to know. I, I Look. We know the whole chronicling with double lift and all this shit, right? Like, basically, wants to be with his friends again. I get that. There's a there's there's a tangible or it's an intangible thing. I get it. There's a there, there that's an angle, right? But doesn't this feel like like how the I seriously don't get how you settled on on speaker. Like, I don't I don't get it. I just don't get it. And I know double is going to be hanging with people he likes, but. If I'm him and I just went through the fucking ordeal that I did and I end up with speak at my in, in the jungle position, like I'm probably pissed. And if I'm not pissed, that's apathy, and that means he's done. Right? Like, I just don't understand these teams how they go get someone from academy, but they don't get the best player from academy. Like, you can get if you're getting someone from academy, you can get whoever you want. Right? Like. Am I misunderstanding how that works? Like you, you're just paying them way more, so they're going to accept your your contract. Why don't you get someone who's actually good? Just pay <laughs> the other team money. Be like, look, we'll give you you know two hundred k to buy this contract out. Like just cash in your pocket. Obviously, there's something like they had to probably pay off some of Dardock's contract, et cetera, et cetera. But like, why the why are you even getting rid of Dardock? Anyone who's not in a major league, like anyone who is an EU Masters player or Academy player or whatever, I guarantee you they would take a contract for almost no money on this. Turkey, Oceania. Yeah, to come play on TSM in one of the major leagues. Go get Levi, dude. Fuck, like, (laughs) like anything, anything. Anybody. And we're skipping over the – I I just said this, but, like, we're skipping over the fact that, like, they just got rid of Dardock for no reason. Well, apparently there was some drama there, like, People didn't oh, like right. playing with him, and we talked a little bit about that. But like, you know what solves everything? Winning. I, this this just blew my mind, dude. Like, I, I like I know, like we haven't really talked a lot about this because it's been happening over like the last few weeks, and we've had a lot of other stuff going on. But like, I kind of, I, I'm honestly putting TSM on dumpster fire alert immediately. If if shit does not start well with this team, it's not ending well. It's not ending well. Yeah, they're I mean, going to have to come out and, and start hot out of the gate, I think. Like, they're – I mean, look, this team's got enough good players and NAs. I don't want to say completely devoid of talent, but it's devoid enough of talent that, like, they're probably just going to be a playoff team because of the players they have. But, like, god damn it, man. I mean, maybe not, though. Like, coaching and drafting has mattered so much more this year than it has at any other point. Arguably in history. Because I think, like, everyone's kind of, like, homogenized a little bit. And – Dude, jungle is so important. Jungle is why JDG is as good as they are. 
seriously, like JDG is like a good team. They're not a great team without Kanavi. Kanavi made that team. Uh, I mean, look, look at all the other teams. I mean, you know why Top won that tournament besides Knight being a savage? Because Carsa had a good tournament. That's why they won that tournament. Carsa had the best games of his year this so far this year in that tournament, right? Especially in the playoffs or the knockout stage. He played well, but I mean, it was Knight. Uh, yeah, Knight, <laughs> Knight, was, Knight was a monster. Make no mistake. He was a, a complete maniac. I owe you some beer, John. We can't necessarily say that because, like, IG was the best team in the OPL regular season that Atlanta had. So, like, yeah. I don't know. I think well, I, John was, like, well, there's no denying John was strong, but. I don't know. It's just. Right? You, you have a team that can, if you have a team that has talent enough elsewhere. Like, it's literally IG, right? That, that, that must be what TSM public Maybe we can just be like IG and somehow magically get first, even though our jungle. Yeah, bad. but like even Leian is like a middle. He's like a middle of the pack LPL jungler. Like as much as we sh- we talked about this, like as much as we shit on that guy, like he's still like middle of the pack. Like he's probably above average for LPL junglers. Like you're, it just blows my mind that like I I don't even give a shit if with all the pandemic stuff happening. You're telling me you can't find anybody better than Speaker. Who the hell's job is it? Because they're fired. I'm with you, John. Like, you're fired. Yeah, 100%. There's definitely people in Academy that are better. You know whose job it is? Tons of people. Probably Lena's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would guess. No, remember, it's Reggie's job. Oh, yeah, remember, Lena has nothing oh, yeah. to do with the yeah. acquisition yeah. of players. Or... <laughs> but but seriously, like, even just in Academy, there's five or six junglers better. And then, like, I understand he's part of your system, but at some point... You, you got to get the best player. Like, I don't care. Bring back Acadian. Acadian looked fine for Dignitas even on the LCS state again. Yep. Very <laughs> with like, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't make sense at all. So bad. I think this team literally has a range of like three to eight. I don't know about eight, but I, I could see them being fifth or sixth. I don't know, man. I just think this is like the opposite of the of the the Loken move, right? You went from like. I don't want to call Dardock a 10, but, like, you went from, like, a 7 or 8 to, like, a negative 4 at a really important position. Uh, maybe their laners can make up for it, but I don't know. Broken Blade was good, but inconsistent. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm – so, N.A., big picture. I know you're a little bullish on Cloud9. I still think Cloud9 is the best team. I know there's probably going to be some regret. They're not going to go 17-1 and one again, but, like – I still think they're the best team. They're probably going to be a 14 or 15 win team still. I think Liquid, to me, I have Liquid in like, I think it's like a G2 Fnatic thing. They're not quite the same level as G2, but relative to North America, I do think that's kind of the case. Maybe they're closer, but I think those two are like a G2 Fnatic situation. I think everyone else is so much worse than them. If anybody, if anybody wants to give me uh, even money on the field versus Cloud9, I'll take it. I think, I don't think Cloud9 is winning again. I don't I'll, think that's the most I'll, likely. I'll take that. We'll talk logistics afterwards. Okay. Uh, I'll take that strictly for closing line value because <laughs> – well, not even closing line value because Cloud9 are currently minus 147 to win the split in futures markets, and that's a significantly better offer. So I might take you up on that because I, I, I do think Cloud9 are still the best team. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like So if if that much is clear, do we all agree on that, Josh? Are you on the same page? Liquid and yeah. Cloud9? I was going to say, I think Cloud9 is the best team, but I think they'll be overrated. And then yeah. you quoting it, they're minus 147, can confirms that. Yeah. Um, who is 
like we'll do the A B A tier B tier thing again. Like who are the playoff teams and who's not? It's I know I understand it's like way more of a shit show in North America, but who are the playoff teams and not playoff teams? I think the the playoff locks, in my opinion, is C9, TL, TSM, and EG. And after that, I think you can make a case for arguably everyone except for Immortals, in my opinion. You think Immortals is 10th? I don't even know if they'll end 10th, but I think the like they could not end 10th, but still be the least likely to make the playoffs, yeah. if that makes sense. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta look at the, uh, the, the finish bottom three, finish top three markets because that was like, that seems lucrative as hell for NA this split. So I'm gonna be looking into that for sure. Uh, John, what, what do you think? Like, who are your locks for playoffs? Uh, TSM, Team Liquid, uh, Cloud9. I don't know if anybody else is a straight lock. EG, I guess. Yeah. Should probably make it. I don't see Kumo getting any worse and the rest of the team's pretty good. I don't know that anybody else is a lock. Am I forgetting somebody obvious? Hundred Th- like, do we think hundred thieves is a lock? We didn't really spend much time on them. Like, yeah, we didn't talk about them too much at all, actually. I still am not on the Rioma train. I'm not buying it. I didn't think he was super good. But... I don't think he really mattered that much. Is the other thing, and like, if you consider like how they're going to rebalance the game, maybe hundred thieves is a slight. I mean, they hundred thieves vastly outperformed my expectations, and. I don't know if that means anything in North America, but like they did. I don't. I, I kind of like of this next pack because I'm with you guys. I think it's probably like EG, TSM, Liquid, Cloud Nine, right? I, if I had to pick two out of the rest of the pack that I personally like, it's probably still FlyQuest, and I, I would say Dignitas. I think my bold prediction is that FlyQuest doesn't make the playoffs this split. That's, I, that's not unreasonable. Five. That's what I mean. Like I, I don't think that's unreasonable. I don't know. NA is going to be... I mean, at the very least, NA, like, every game is probably going to matter because this is going to be a complete shit show in the middle of the table, so that'll be interesting. Um, LPL Week 1. Let's do that, and then we'll get out of here. Um, so, Friday, we have our first games. Uh, EDG and Team WE. We have EDG minus 185. Uh, Team WE plus 137. We'll say the uh, EDG minus, two, or minus 1.5 is at plus 171. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to check out my my uh, tier list for the LPL, but uh, the LPL is going to be really interesting again this split. Something tells me this is a good spot to take WE. I think coming into a new split, a team that was improving as last split went on, getting better and better, I think this is a good chance for, for WE to get an upset victory early in the season. I'm not – EDG seems like they're on a very slow downturn as a team in general. Like it's it's not like a cliff. They're just slowly rolling down a hill on, on skill level, I think. I kinda think EDG are like the bar in the LPL. Like to me, I don't see EDG not making playoffs in almost any universe, even with all the improvements to these mid teams. But I definitely don't see them like consistently ever beating the good teams either. They are they're they remind me a lot of Origin and that's even with Audi full time. I talk a lot about that in the, the write-up I did for the esports department. Like, but I that said, I have EDG fairly high. Like, I'm pretty bullish on EDG. I think I had them fifth or sixth, and um, I think I had them in my A tier. And even still, I'm with you. Like, week one, long off season, you don't know who WE is going to start either. Like, if it ends up being like Plex or like one of the, these other guys that they have on their roster, 
Uh, even if it's Teacher Ma, if he just has a new pick cooked up that you don't know about yet, that can catch you off. You, and, and EVG have to be the first. That's the best thing about betting underdogs in week one is, like, you don't know what the other team's cooked up. And, like, once another team sees it, then they can expose it. So I actually like the WE pick as well. Yep, I like it. Josh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't I mean, I feel like WE is just getting a lot of credit for a late season surge that wasn't incredibly likely. And that was like at the top of their range of outcomes that wasn't necessarily a, like indicative of how good of a team they are personally. But so like, I think there's some value in, in the uh, minus one and a half, but I, I don't know. I, I could see, I can see the rationale. Uh, just like you always say this, I think every year, like betting dogs week one makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I can, I, can, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can, Ahead, I was just yeah. going to say, and WE is the wilder team, which is the team that I like to bet week one. Like, they're more likely to have something weird going on. Yeah. I, I do I, think you're right, though, that end of last season was they, people were overrating how good they are because of the surge they went on at the end of last season. I thought they should have lost some of those matches and not made the playoffs. But. Yeah. I actually wrote, um, like, the WE write up was, like, one of the most interesting ones I like to, to actually, like, look into because I, I'm, like, kind of, like, straddling both lines of thinking. In that, I do think that they were being overrated, just like because their overall quality of player was just not as good as these elite teams. But I also think that you have to give some amount of credit to, like they they were competitive in two games against top esports in two of those four games. They won one of them. We now see how good top is. That's relevant. I know it's one series, but like we were consistently competitive against good teams that that should vastly outclass them. I do all, but the thing is, I also see that like there's going to be some figuring out that happens with them. Like you're going to figure out some of the set plays that they run. I just like WE because they play a high variant style as it is. You know what to expect from them, and they're just going to beat certain teams that try to play a certain way. Uh, I don't think they have a particularly strong strategic advantage over EDG because EDG were pretty well rounded overall. They do a little bit of everything, which is why I like them to finish like in a play as a playoff team because they're just good. They're just good enough at everything that they're going to beat they're, they're not going to get caught off guard by bad teams very often so i think a lot of this has to do with w but w were really interesting because I, I don't think it was a flash in the pan i think that's the way you should be playing the game right now and if you look at the top of the lpl like that's the, what the best teams are doing right that's what jdg's doing that's i think what pushed top over the line too is that they started stop like they stopped trying to be a lane kingdom team when jackie love got in and just started balling out and they like loosened up and they're a much better team for it uh, JDG, Fun Plus, like all the top three teams in China, they all play like that hybrid style. And I think EDG, I think WE have the right idea to be trying to play that way. So I don't think it was a flash in the pan. I think W, I think I had WE as like the like the first or second most likely to get that eighth playoff seed again. Like I don't think it was just a flash in the pan, but I do think that they need to make improvements in order to to make me feel a little bit better about that. So um, yeah, I toss into the EDG jungle. Is something to keep your eye on as well. Yeah. See if they JJ or Junjia. I'm not sure where they're feeling like they're going to go. Um, obviously, AOD played the majority of his games with Junjia, but their final series against FDX, it was with uh, with JJ. Yeah. So I think JJ's the better player. Uh, this is another thing I wrote on. Like JJ's, I think a better player overall. But it it and maybe you guys can chime in on this. But like uh, it felt to me that they just didn't want to disrupt a good thing. When it wasn't, like, instant chemistry when they tried JJ out with him, 
I think they were just like, oh, let's not mess with this because we like we're in a playoff position, we're competing, like we need to stay competitive, right? That's how it felt to me. I think with an off season, I think we're probably going to see JJ. So I don't. Know. We'll see. Obviously, keep an eye on the lineups, but I I, I kind of have the same outlook for this team. I think JJ just has a higher ceiling. I mean, you if you look at last year, he was one of the best junglers in the league. So. I actually think this team has more upside than people are giving them credit for. Like, I don't, I don't think they're necessarily like a high. Like, I think they're a high floor team that's got a higher ceiling than people are giving credit for. Because I think Audi showed a lot of development this season. I don't think that was a flash in the pan either. So, also, Scout did not have a great season in particular, especially toward the end. And if he plays like more at his career level, then that's another reason to like this team moving forward. So, LNG plus one thirty seven, Sooning minus one eighty eight. This is weird. Like, I know we were all down on LNG, but, like, assuming this favorite over anybody. I give LNG a little bit more points right now because I think any team that was in the position they were in last year is going to keep losing. Like, when you start getting to a point where you've lost so many games and you can't make playoffs and everything's not working, I think you're just going to keep losing a lot of the time. Yeah, You're probably not going to start figuring things out. The morale in the locker room is probably not very good. Comms are probably not great. This is a fresh start for them, so they're probably going to be a little bit better than they were like mid to late last season, but I still think Sunning's a step better than that. Um, enough so to... Do you like LNG betting, or are you just going to pass this one? I think I'm going to pass. If I was going to bet, I would still bet Sunning, even though I think you should give LNG some more credit. I'm going to, I'm going to be all over Dog plus 1.5. I'm going to be laying all kinds of juice this week, this week one. I know it. I'm just going to tell you guys. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um... Because that was hitting at a really good clip last season. I kind of like it. Uh, week one is weird, though. I have to put some more thought into it. Josh, what do you think on this one? Yeah. Uh, tough. I think it's just a pass, honestly. I don't I don't have a great feel for either of these teams. Like, Sunday is always hard to bet on because it's like, you don't know what's going to happen if they just ban MF. So, like, I don't know. And, and then LNG, I grew to hate them because I thought they were a pretty high outside team, but... I think they're just uh, – they're like – like I, I said this on Twitter once, but I think Flandre thinks he's the shy, and shy's play style doesn't work right now. Yeah. But he's like also their only like very good player, so it just really was bad for their team. They brought in a new coach, too. Like they they were the ones that added Stake, so I think that's – I mean – oh, by the way, we had that incorrect last week. Stake was not coaching RNG last season. He was coaching RNG last year. Mata was coaching RNG this season, so um, yeah, I, I think honestly, like we, he's easy, he's easy to point to, and like he hasn't been like an elite coach, but he's been pretty good, and it's probably just a strict upgrade for them, especially because I think a lot of their problems were that they just tunnel vision, like they were super linear, and I think if they just like loosen up and play a little bit more balanced, that they'll be a better team because they have players. They're not, like, elite players, but they have some good players on that team that they shouldn't be, like, as bad as they were last season. So, oh, we'll see. I might dabble in, in LNG, but i got to take a deeper look. Saturday we have – here we go. Our first Victory 5 sighting. The new look Victory 5. The Sooning B team. Uh, plus 275 against Dominus. Minus 417. Give me Victory 5, baby. I'm Give taking Victory, victory five. 5. I'm taking oh, Victory yeah. 5, dude. I'm in. I'm in. New uh, season, fresh. They got some new players. Everybody's going to be excited. They give have me, some functional me, starting players. <laughs> give, give me anybody at plus 275 against Dominus. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, 
And Dominus, too. Like, Dominus may have had some offseason moves that you know, clarified their roster, I think. Not necessarily downgrades or upgrades, but... I kind of like the, and I, I wrote, I talk about this in my write up too. Dominus, the biggest question to me is are they going to just keep doing what they do or are they going to try to develop? And you're going to know basically right away. Like, if they're still playing top lane centric, they're going to be really easy to read and anybody that's worth their salt is going to kick their ass because it's going to be really predictable. They might steal a game every once in a while because they're really good at it. If they choose to try to mix things up and become more versatile by like, you know, taking their lumps, learning how to play not that style, they're going to be really bad for a while. Like, we saw how bad they were when they weren't doing that. It's like they brought that new coach in. The coach was like, all right, you guys are good at this. We're going to do this. Good for morale. Got them a couple wins. Started feeling better at the end of the season. If they say that, like, look, we're not going to win an LPL split, they have, to, they have to make the decision now whether they just want to be there for entertainment and do their thing and what happens happens, or if they actually want to try to improve. If they actually want to try to improve, they're going to suck for a while, and then maybe by the end of the season they'll be a little bit better. If they still want to be like, we're Dominus and this is how we play, then they're probably going to come out the gate a little bit hot while people are getting comfortable. Either way, give me victory five in this spot. Dominus should be favored by this much in week one over anyone. Totally agree. Josh? Same page. Got it. Um, OMG plus 128. Here we go. John's going to rail on OMG. I can feel it already. OMG plus 128. RNG minus 169. OMG minus 1.5 is at plus 177. OMG is going to be dog shit this year. I'm I'm confident on it. I'm all over RNG minus 169. I, I don't think OMG has a, a prayer of making the playoffs. I think they're going to be awful. I I still put OMG in that group of teams fighting for that seventh and eighth playoff spot, but I am not optimistic. They have the worst game planning in the whole LPL as far as like the strategies that they're using, and the player quality was not good last season either. To go with the fact that their game planning is terrible, Josh. Hey, I was very pessimistic for OMG's outlook until John shit talked them because that just means they're going to be good. <laughs> 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 That's the only thing that means. It's the feminine treatment. So GLPL twenty twenties summer. Uh, any credence to the the RNG shitty coaching staff angle? Because RNG couldn't beat you know the side of a barn last season without they were drafting. So at the yeah, end of the OMG year, was the same way. And OMG's in game game planning was terrible too. Like they were the slowest. RNG's in game like, planning was not good either. OMG was one of the slowest teams in the whole league. When everybody was figuring out how to play the right way and like being aggressive and skirmishing and all this, OMG was just like, no, sir. I think OMG no. and LNG actually have a lot more in, in common than people think in that they're just hyper-linear at a strategy that you probably shouldn't be doing in the LPL. Like, OMG was like, let's scale up to 40 No, they want to play or... Lane Kingdom in the LPL. Oh, they're, Nobody they're should like, be playing Lane Kingdom in the LPL. You can't do it. The players are too fucking good. Like you just can't do OMG's it. Strategy was literally let's scale until forty minutes and then misplay a team fight and lose. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. They were, they you're were right. scaling up only to not do anything. They were shitty they origin. It was. I was. I'm so mad at them. They were undisciplined origin. Yeah, it was. Like really imagine rough. if Origin lost late games. Now it's OMG. I think RNG is going to beat them. I'm betting RNG. I sure. so I like RNG. I'm still a little skeptical of the coaching staff, but I also think that like they have to look at it and be like that was the biggest problem, right? Because the players were not the problem. The players to me like almost don't matter in RNG because they're all pretty good. 
we haven't even talked about like crying probably playing mid lane here like maybe brings a new look to them I just th- I just think like OMG are going to try to lane kingdom this and the RNG are too talented to try to do that and I don't know I think RNG are just better and you can't play that way against or like you can't play that way against good like talented teams you can't try to lane kingdom talented teams OMG are going to OMG I already said it they're going to be 12th they're like hard locks for 12th place or 11th place. They're going to beat all the bad teams consistently. Maybe, like, no. They're, they're going to, like, throw a game or two. And they're just never, ever going to beat the good teams. That's the way I look at this team. And they're just going to be hard stuck in the middle of the table. But because they're going to drop a couple games to the bad teams, that's going to put them in, like, 11th or 12th. And out of the playoffs. Because they don't have the punch-up ability. And they're not playing that way. If this team played, like, Rogue Warriors or something, or LGD, and would coin flip even once in a while, I would have more faith in them. But they just don't. Give me RNG. Pick of the week. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of good bets this week for the yeah. record. We had a few weeks at the end of last season where there was not good bets. Team WE, minus 222. Two games in two days, by the way, even in the non-condensed schedule. WE getting the shaft in the schedule immediately. <laughs> they got shafted so – they had to play four games. In, they were the team that played four games in five days in the last – like five days of the season. Anyway. Uh, Team WB minus two twenty two against Sooning plus one sixty four. I'm probably going to be on the Sooning plus one point five because, like, as much as I like WE, uh, these teams are still in the same. I have these teams in the same tier, so I think I think WE have a little bit more upside. I think they're a little bit better, but I don't. I don't feel like they should be minus two twenty two against anybody. Really, they probably win this, but odds are going to say otherwise. I'm all over Sunning. Yeah. Plus 164 against WE. I'm fine. I'm all over Sunning in that yeah. matchup. Yeah. One of the points I made about Sunning, too, is that they were like, they are the candidate for regression, like positive regression. Because, like, their underlying numbers were all very good, partially because Wanfang was a metrics machine. But um, that doesn't always translate. And I think they had a lot of situations where it didn't. But I think they'll probably be better this season, even if their record doesn't say so, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I kind of like sitting here. Just, the the value is just good, I think. Last, we have Billy Billy, one of our uh, our potential candidates to be better this season. Uh, plus one twenty eight against Vici, minus one sixty nine. This is an interesting matchup because I like Vici quite a bit this season, but I also like Billy Billy quite a bit this season. Pick of the week for me. BLG, I think, should be a favorite. You really so here's here's the other question, and I like when I started writing on Billy Billy, I, I it made me start thinking about like what is their bottom lane actually going to be? It's supposed to be Wings and Jinjiao, right? It's it should supposed be wings and to be. Should be Wings and Zinmo. So here's the thing, right? We talked about this this roster move, Jinjiao to support. This happened a month ago. Every sign pointed to them picking up a big free agent eighty carry, and they didn't. Okay, I'm not listen. I'm not ruling it. I'm not ruling out that it's just Jinjiao's Inmo. If it's if it's Jinjiao's support, I wouldn't want to make this my pick of the week. Like if I knew rosters, if it's going to be Jinjiao on support, I wouldn't make this my pick of the week. I think Wings is a good enough eighty carry, and I think their advantages against uh, Vici on the top half of the map are big enough that they should be favorites. As long as they have an AD carry main playing AD carry and a support main playing support. Like, I thought Zinmo was actually pretty good. Yeah, I did if too. They're, if, they're, if they're going to run 
uh, Jin Zhao hitting support already, then I wouldn't make it my pick of the weekend. I I, I am seriously not ruling out that they just run the same bottom lane back. Like, I started thinking about it more, and I was like, okay, that move made sense. They don't technically have to announce that he's moving back to AD carry. Like, there's nothing that, like, as far as I know, there's nothing that says they have to. If it was Jin Zhao and Zinmo, 100%, I'd be all over Billy Billy. Yeah. If, like, if, if it was still Jinmo 80 carry, or Jin Zhao 80 carry, I'd be all over BLG. Like, the only thing sketchy for me is the, is the roster move. The roster shuffle aside, this is mostly just about that, like, Billy Billy was pretty good at the end of the season. And that's, like, what we're looking at here. Um, and they were, they had it. They were another one of these teams that had such a bad start that they just couldn't dig themselves out of that hole. But they were competitive at the end of the season. I have Billy Billy in that cluster of teams that's fighting for that last like playoff spot or two. I personally think Vici is going to be better this season. I don't know if Vici should be favored by this much in week one. So that's my big question mark. I actually, I, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on Vici this season. I, I like, I like that team a lot. But I, I still don't think they should be favored by this much. Josh, your thoughts on this one? It's a no bet for me, I think. Um, I think, I mean, <clears throat> given the addition of Juice, I think these lines are about right. Like, I think Vici in, like, a, a like, efficient market is probably, like, a minus 130. But since it's eSports, they're going to get them juiced up to, like, minus 170. Yeah. Uh, did, at least you, give did, you the, did you do the true implieds on this? I didn't look yet. Let me, I'll just do that real quick. One second. So, I wouldn't mind an over two and a half bet here. Honestly, like this feels like a series that neither team can actually dominate, or whatever that's worth. That seems reasonable. I think BLG has like the better player at mid and jungle for sure, and then bot lanes question mark since we don't know what BLG is doing in the bot lane. Top lanes washish. All right, so yeah, this is like a this is like a fifty eight forty, give or take fifty eight forty two split. When you cut it down, like when you cut the vig off of it, which I think is probably about right. I I, I know I'm going to be looking at BLG, but this does feel like a pretty like a fairly sharp line. I I, I like Vici a lot this season. I think they I think they have a lot of upside, not just because of the Leon signing, but Coma has another week another season has a season under his belt now. He actually has a full off season with the team this time around too, which I think is relevant. And yeah, the problem is his strategy's cooked. Like, I mean, I don't. I'm not. I don't think so. Well, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find, we'll find out. We'll find out. I do like that BLG aren't just playing late game anymore either. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, uh, let's do pick of the week. Yeah, I'll just say comparatively though, this is the same line as OMG RNG, and like that just feels so wrong. Yeah, that's why I'm all over RNG. I think there's a lot more question marks with this one than RNG. RNG, my only question mark is the coaching staff and like the new players, because seven if I was just added. But I think there's enough continuity there. Like, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if RNG just start Jahu for like a, a couple weeks until crying gets acclimated. But maybe they just start crying right away. I don't know. I, I like, I like. Let's do pick of the week. Um. So you know I what? I'm changing. I'm changing. I'm changing it. I'm going. I'm going victory five plus one point five. There we go. I like I put that. out two picks of the week. I put BLG plus one twenty eight versus Vici as my main pick of the week. If Jin Zhao is playing support. Then my pick of the week is Sunning plus one sixty four against WE. Okay. Yeah, I actually like. The, it's weird. I, I kind of like a lot of these positions. That last one is like the hardest one to me. The last one and the first one are the hardest ones. The other four games, I I feel pretty strongly on one side. What do you think, Josh? 
My pick of week's RNG minus one and a half. RNG, oh, you're going, you're going just in. You are in there. I okay. appreciate that. Okay. Thank you for supporting the OMG Hey Train. Yeah. Hashtag that... free icon. Free icon. <laughs> we'll see. How did they not? I, I mean, a lot of this stuff suddenly makes sense with the the, the Uzi retirement, right? If you like look yeah, at like no. OMG not adding an eighty carry, Jinjiao switching to support, and then like nothing really coming of it. I mean, who knows? Maybe Jinjiao will be a good support, and it's just Jinjiao and wings, and that's a good bottom lane. We don't know. It is kind of interesting if BLG only moved him to support because they were hoping they could get Uzi and that was that's retired. What, it he feels might that way, right? Carry, right? It feels that way, right? That's why I'm not ruling it out. Like they might just run Jinjiao and Zinma back, and they're gonna surprise everyone by not announcing it. It really does feel that way to me. Like I, I actually think that's the starting lineup on Friday or not Friday, whatever Sunday. I actually think that's what we're gonna see Sunday, unless he's put too much time into learning support that he doesn't want to go back. I don't know. It it really did feel like they. It felt like a team that was like moving a player to make cap space for a big free agent, and they didn't land the free agent, and they're just settling. That's why they like moved the academy guys up because they missed the window. I don't know that that whole situation feels kind of weird, but I I still think Billy Billy have have a good trajectory, uh, an upward trajectory for this season. So that's going to be it for us. We have the first season starting up for the summer. Uh, next week we're going to be going over. I mean, we'll have picks for LEC and LCS. We're going to be in full swing next week. Everybody check out the esports department. Projections are out, yeah? They are. Projections are out, and we'll have them for every slate from now on, along with my video breakdowns. So we got John's video breakdowns. John's going to be uh, – Josh going to be fine-tuning the model and projections. I'm going to be doing betting write-ups every day, just like I did on the blog in the new home. If you haven't gotten on board yet, check out the esports department. Um, it's Honestly, it's a really badass product. The, the, the CSGO guys have been killing it, absolutely killing it. Um, so if you're into dabbling with CSGO as well, I would check that out. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm excited to get back into the swing of things. I was I enjoyed the time off, but uh, I'm, I'm ready to get back into the thick of it. Um, yeah. Anything else, guys? Nothing from me. I'm ready to go. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Good luck this weekend. Everybody enjoy, and we'll see you for episode 61 next week. Everybody have a good one. Have a good one, everybody. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.